Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. I, I was talking, uh, thinking this morning, I was, you know, kind of talking to Ted yesterday about it, but the importance of uh, your friends. And, you know, it really came to light uh, for me when I was just a week ago, I guess it's <laughs> been that so fast, uh, that we were in Pastor Mark Hankins' camp meeting. And just thinking about my friends that were there and what we were receiving together and what we were believing for and how we were encouraging each other. Uh, and, you know, because we can get into this um, critical lifestyle and then at the end of the day, nobody is good for you. Like, you know, you just talk yourself out of being friends with anybody. There's always something wrong with somebody. And we'll get into a verse about that. But, you know, you talk yourself out of it. We have to set all excuses aside about, you know, well, I don't have friends because I'm shy or I don't have friends because I'm this or I don't have friends because I'm too busy. And it's just things that we ended up talking ourselves out of because from the moment of time, from Genesis, when God created a human being and then another human being, <laughs> we're to the point where he knew that we needed friendship. I mean, at the end of the day, what does the Bible talk about? It talks about a three-braided cord. It talks about strength and unity and in numbers. And it, I mean, so there's, we have to build relationships. Now, obviously, there are the right relationships and there are the wrong relationships. And so you have to get yourself into the right circle. So that's what I'm going to talk to you today. I'm going to show you about what godly friendships look like, uh, the importance of godly friendships, um, and, you know, the, the benefit of having a godly friendship. Because sometimes, you know, we hang on to friends and they were with us for a season and we've moved on to different seasons in our life and we've dragged in people that aren't supposed to be in that season. Or there once was a a group we used to hang out with and then you've matured in certain areas of the Word of God and either they have it or they don't believe it. And so if you don't move forward and let that go, that's going to hold you back. That's going to cause you uh, to not uh, uh, cause you not to walk in faith, to live by faith. And so it matters. It matters who you have in your circle and who you don't have in your circle. And so Today, we're just talking about friendship, friendship. Um, I know as godly women that we need godly friendships, ones that are going to be real, okay? And we're going to have to have friends that tell us things that maybe aren't going to make us comfortable. You know the difference when someone's being mean, or you know the difference when someone's giving a correction, but not in a rude way, not in a snotty way, not in any other way, but to make your life better. And so those are the types of friends we need. What does the Bible say? Iron sharpens iron. So, you know, sometimes when someone might not be up to par as our friend, we need to encourage them in faith. We need to be there for them. We need to pray for them. We need to hold their arms up in a time where they feel as though um, that's not an area that they're able to feel strong in at the moment. We're to speak highly to our friends, not just highly, but in kindness. 
And so, you know, we get into that point where we have friends that are going to be real with us and keep us on the straight path in godly wisdom, in godly wisdom. All right. Like I said, he knew from the beginning, if you go through Genesis 2, it states God's intentions and purposes for relationships, for support that we need, okay, um, for the communion with one another. So yeah, he made male and female, and that's supposed to be a thing, but obviously it wasn't just going to be the two of them on earth forever. So then when it starts multiplying and multiplying and multiplying, you know, and that's the, I mean, that's what makes us so great on the earth, especially as Christians. We're all little Christ. So there's lots of little Christ walking around. That's why it's so aggravating when we don't walk in our full potential of, of what God's called us to be and how he wants us to act uh, because we can do so much damage to the devil when we realize the authority and the power and the strength that we actually carry. Um, okay, Proverbs 18:24. a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So see, who are you walking with? Who have you allowed into your circle? Who have you allowed to speak into your life? When there's something going on, are they quick to lead you down a way that's just going to keep causing more destruction? Or are they saying, listen, all right, let's dust the, the dirt off of our knees. Let's get back up again. Let me speak faith into your situation. Let me pray for you. Let, let, let's see what God has for us. I see what God has for you, the potential in your life, the vision that's coming to pass, and I'm going to cheer you on, you know, because when you get into um, anything outside of cheering someone else on, you can get into pride, you can get into jealousy. Hey, Faith. Hey, Elizabeth. And so we get into that and it, it, it can cause a trap in uh, to something else. And so we need particular and certain friends in our circle, in our circle. We cannot have excuses anymore about our personality types and any other issues. I'm not good enough. I didn't have this. Um, you know, I'm not worthy to have this person as a friend. The enemy will always try to lie to us and talk us out of having godly friendships. We all need friends. Okay. And so how do we get them? we're friendly. It's just like sowing and reaping. And so how can we become the best for somebody else? And then that seed will then turn around with having the best for someone in our own life. Okay. Seed time and harvest is the same principle, whether it be with money, whether it be with uh, sowing words or kindness or your time, it, it, whatever you sow, you're gonna reap. And so we all wanna have that stability of friendship in our life. And it matters who we have in our circle. And so, you know, when I say sometimes we're going to a different season and not everyone's supposed to go with us, hey Britt, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with being mean. It's just at some point, you know, that person might not have the same supernatural vision that I have. And the some, same point, you know, same point as faith. You know, if they don't believe in healing 
and I'm getting to a point in my life, let's just say I got a bad report from the doctor, the circle of friends could cause me great damage in my life because right now I need to believe the word of God, but <laughs> instead I'm gonna take what my friends are saying about the word of God and then applying it to my life. So it is a matter of life or death. It is a matter of what I get in my life, what I produce in my life. And so friends matter greatly and who you have in your circle. So um, I'm just gonna briefly go over the, the David and Jonathan. Uh, okay, so here you have Saul. He's after, after, um, he's after David. And so actually I won't read that one because I got two other stories, but you have David and Jonathan. And what did Jonathan do? He greatly loved David. He greatly loved David that he was going, he went out with his dad and actually talked to him and risked his life to speak about David and risked his life to speak to his father about not harming David. So he was loyal. He, he, he had to stand up and was like, listen, this could anger my father and he will just take me out. You know, they're like ruthless in the Old Testament. And so he went and stuck up for his friend and stuck up and said, listen, you need to spare his life. He's, he's, he's fought for us. He, he beat the giant. You know, it, he, he's done good for us. And so he risked his life, Jonathan, to his father for a friendship. And so we have to step out of our comfort zone and stick up for our friends in a situation where it doesn't look good for them. Look at this in, um, in uh, Mark 2. Mark 2 I love because it talks about four crazy friends. Do you have radical friends in your life? Everybody needs radical friends in your life. Everybody needs someone who's gonna be like, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that's impossible for God. There's no obstacle that can come in my way. There's no problem that can't be solved. There's nothing that uh, report or anything the world can give that's gonna deter us, deter us off the, the train, that's gonna derail us and take us out. There's nothing. And so we need that friend. We need to look at the four crazy friends in Mark 2. It says, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. So look at this. You have a, a paralyzed man, couldn't do anything. So he paralyzed, can't walk, nothing. Now you have super crowd. Oh, Jesus is teaching in this house, super crowd. Can't, I mean, coming out the door, shoulder to shoulder in this, this house. He's teaching and they're like, how are we? So here's the, here's the radical Faith, the radical friends. Like I said, there's no obstacle that they can't figure out. How are we supposed to get our paralyzed friend 
to Jesus. Oh, you know what? Let me go get a saw. I'm going to go saw a hole in the roof and lower them down. See, there was nothing. There was no wall. There was no roof. There was nothing too great that wasn't going to get these four radical, these four crazy faith-filled friends and lower him down. And because they went after it, because the four friends took their friend and said, listen, I will conquer any obstacle that stands in my way, but you are going to see Jesus. He is going to see the master is going to heal you. And I'm going to help you out. I'm going to participate. I'm going to join my faith with yours. And we're going to lower him down the roof into Jesus. And look what happened. Seeing their faith, verse 5, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there, thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive our sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked again, Why do you question this in your hearts? It's easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the, <laughs> walked out through the stun onlookers. <laughs> That's how you get the people to part the waters. They couldn't get in through the door or through the crowd before when he was paralyzed because you got a bunch of religious people in there going, mm, oh, I just, I don't even know, can he? So here we go. And then through the roof, now their jaws are all dropped. And now, now, instead of having to go back up through the hole in the roof, they were able to part the waters of the sea of people and say, excuse me. My sins have been forgiven and I'm taking my mat and I'm walking up out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's how, that's the kind of friends and godly people we need in our life. To be like, listen, I will do anything to see you saved. I will do anything to see you healed. I will do anything to see you living your life full of purpose and in victory in Jesus' name. That's the kind of friends that I want in my circle. That's the kind of godly relationships that you need in your circle. And we're going to have to look. We're going to have to look around and be like, what I have right now in my life is, is, it, is what I'm surrounding myself with. Is it beneficial? Is it bringing me up? Is it helping me to go higher? Is it helping me to move forward? Is it challenging my faith? Who do I have in my circle? Is it challenging my giving? Having, having these certain people in my circle, is it challenging my love walk? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, are they making me a better person? Because anyone who's not making you a better person is going to be a toxic relationship in your life. Constant drama, constant fighting, constant eggshells. Oh, does she like me? Doesn't she like me? She didn't call me today. If she didn't call me today, maybe she's like, no. If you don't call me, then just I don't have to talk on the phone. You know what I mean? So you have to get that personality. Like if you're not, if you're not making me better and I can't, you know, 
We're going to work on this together. We're going to have a godly relationship. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to help you out. You're going to challenge me. You're going to help me out. And we're going to grow stronger in in Christ. We're going to go stronger in our faith together because we all need that. You know, I, I, I cannot, the whole like, I don't need friends and I don't need anybody in my life and I can do this on my own is a recipe for disaster. It's like an obnoxious thing to say. So we all need friends. He made us so we wouldn't be alone. He, he made people so we wouldn't be alone. There are times where we feel down and out. And there are people that need to be with us to help raise us up, to help bring us higher. So we have to put aside any feelings of, I don't need anybody. I'm shy. I'm super introverted. I'm super extroverted, you know, and I don't need anybody because I'm just so smitten with myself. I don't know. We just can't have any personality flaws where it causes us to constantly stay alone because godly friendships, godly people in our life is a must, but it has to be the right one. There are the ones that are going to be the pillar and we can find them. They are out there. And so you have the four crazy friends. Just got a text before I started this broadcast um, from one of our partners who I also consider a friend. I mean, I've I've loved her for several years and her husband and her daughter. And, um, you know, she travels to our meetings and they're faithful. Uh, to the house of God and her faith has really, I mean, she has gone after it, but it, you know, she's been writing me during this time that her daughter's been sick. And she has said to me, you're one of, you know, pretty much, you know, you're one of the, the four crazy friends. Like you're the one that like has sent me texts and you're the one that's like, listen, take off the mom hat, put on the faith hat, and we're going after this. I'm walking out of here with my daughter from the hospital. She may have died twice on the table. She might be on life support. But what I see, I'm not letting creep into my belief system. This is what I see in the natural, but I have to have the vision of the supernatural. When you have the vision of the supernatural, you can pull that in and pull where you are now and bring that to your situation. And so that's what happened. And guess what? She just, I mean, I'm telling you for the last like month, it has been died three times and come back. Life support, um, surgeries and like, but, but her text to me was, Carolyn, you have, uh, you and Ted have been teaching faith into me and has laid that foundation. And there's no other option And see, this is how faith speaks. Just like David to the giant, I'll cut your head off and feed it to the birds. Well, he didn't have a knife. He didn't have a sword. He had a sling and rocks. So he was speaking prophetically. He was speaking by faith. This is what I'm going to do to you. And you have to speak that way. She said, there's no option than to walk out of the hospital with my baby girl. There's no other option. And when you get that eyesight and when you get that revelation and when you get that fire in your eyes and the key of, of the master key of faith, then it's settled. It, it's settled and that's what it's going to be. And guess what? She texted me right before this broadcast and said, listen, we're having one more brain scan and they're looking at discharging us. 
A month ago, she was dead and they wanted them to make funeral plans. Four weeks later, <laughs> okay, you see, four weeks she fought. Four weeks she fought the good fight of faith. Four weeks she, she sang. Four weeks she laughed. Four weeks she spread the gospel. Four weeks, okay? She's in the ICU. She's in the ICU because you know what that means? They're rolling, they're rolling dead bodies past your room. So you have your kid that's on life support and they're rolling other kids that have died past your room. Now you talk about you need to get control of who you're talking to. So it wasn't a time for her to reach out to everybody. It wasn't a time for her to, she had a circle of friends that said, listen, we agree with you. There is no other option. We're gonna lower your daughter through the roof and we're gonna let her touch the hand of Jesus because it, it, it's time for her to come alive and it's time for her to come home. And that's exactly what's happening. And I'm thrilled. She texts me, we're getting ready to go home. I'm bawling. I said, I'm rejoicing with you. I'm getting ready to go live. And so, you know, there, Jesus is not a respecter of persons. So if he did it for Abigail, he'll do it for your situation. He will bring life into your situation. But it matters who you have in your circle. When Madeline was sick and when Brooklyn was sick and they went to the hospital and I'm getting, uh, Brooklyn's in ICU. Maddie is um, saying they have, she's having heart failure and I mean a whole bunch of lists that Ted doesn't even get into when he's given the testimony um, in churches. But she had myocarditis. She is having congestion heart failure. They thought she had pneumonia on the lungs. They thought she had rheumatoid arthritis. They, they did um, uh, scans on her stomach. They thought they, she had problems with her organs. Oh, it was a list. It was a list of something. Every other day she was in there for eight days. There was a list. And you know what? They just kept bringing the list and I just kept saying that that's not her portion. That's not, you know, and then people would say, well, you need to call this family member and, and they want to check in on you. You need to call this person. There's people to this day that know me and they'll hear the testimony and they'll go, Madeline was in the hospital. Brooklyn was in the hospital. They were like close to having like, you know, <laughs> crazy things happening to them because I didn't talk about it with everybody. There wasn't my circle. They, they were not part of my four crazy friends. They were not part of it. There was people, you know, family members calling me saying, you need to call so-and-so and let them know. And I said, no, you know when I'll call them? I'll call them when I'm walking out of the hospital with a miracle child. That's when I will call them. That's what, because there was no room to hear doubt. There was no room to hear anything else than what I was believing God for, what Ted and I were declaring. We anointed her with oil. So you see, it matters. You know, people will get offended. People will get, you know, but there's, there's no time for games when you are believing for a miracle. So do you have the crazy, radical, faith-filled friends that when you're down, that when you need help, they're going to take the corner of the mat and lower you down? to meet Jesus, that's what we need. And then who's in your corner? I'm going to give you a few verses here in a second and um, what a godly friends look like. 
But, you know, when I was on the drive over here today, I was thinking, who's in your corner? Because the Lord gave me Numbers 13 at the beginning of the year, talking about having vision, talking about having supernatural vision when they sent the 12 scouts and two came back, right? So we have two came back. We have uh, Caleb and Joshua that came back and they said what? Certainly we can conquer the land. <laughs> um, that we're going to take what's been promised to us. So their report was faith. The other scouts was doubt. Now, you're not going to get a good report living in doubt. You'll get a good report living in faith. And so look what I wrote. Who's in your camp? I wrote that at the beginning of the year. Who's in your camp? Who's in your circle? Because here it says in Numbers 13, 33, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. So the other 10 scouts, they said, listen, we saw giants. We felt like grasshoppers. Then the other, the other people that they came back and spread their report to, and they said, and that's what they thought too. So who is in your camp? Do you have somebody standing beside you that's saying, yeah, certainly we can conquer this. Why? We have a word. God told us. We have a word. We have a word. We have a word. Here's a Bible right here. We have a word. You know, lots of times we try to go to services and if we don't have the, the preacher call us out and give us a word, then we leave, you know, sad and I guess the Lord doesn't know my situation. You have a word, you have a word, you have a word. You have a word right here. You have lots of words right here. If a preacher never called you out another day that you go to church, it doesn't matter because you have a word. And what does the word say about your situation? Okay. And so what does a godly friendship look like? Here's just a few characteristics um, I uh, wrote out. True friends don't expect anything from you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. We know that one, right? Love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast, not arrogant or rude, does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. True friends are compassionate and kind. Colossians 3.12. This is in the New Living that I wrote down. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Then I love the next verse because it really shows us how we can do that, how we can be merciful and how we are supposed to be kind and how we are supposed to be gentle and have humility because a true friend extend forgiveness. But I just read Colossians 3.12. If you go to Colossians 3.13, it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We have to make a room. We have to make room for, for things in our friends, all right? Some might, might be having a bad day, might be having hormonal emotions, might be having, you know, something's, you know, sometimes they're just having thoughts that the enemy's trying to attack them with and they need an encouragement. They need a good word from you. And that's what we're supposed to do. Make room for each other's faults. Don't be so quick to write everyone off. 
Now I did say you're supposed to not have everybody in your circle. That's one thing when, you know, it's constant, constant doubt, constant going the opposite direction of the word of God, constantly sinning, constantly, you know, but you make room for people's faults and you encourage them, you build them up and, and you lift them up. All right, true friends rejoice with you and give you a shoulder to cry on. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And crying's okay. Get a good cry out. It makes everybody feel better, a good cry out. The problem is when you stay in the cry zone. <laughs> when you stay in the cry zone, then that's when your emotions are constantly feeling down and slothful <laughs> and oh woe is me woe is me but you know what sometimes you need a good cry and so you get a good cry out you know I've done this with my own friends my own my own team I've had someone come to me not long ago and they just said and I just cried and fell apart and this and that and I said all right it's over it's over now stop what you're doing you don't need to do anything else you don't need to pay attention to that anymore Go order out, get food, go outside with your kids, get a different scenery, and that's it. Because sometimes we have to put the period on things. Sometimes we can't gotta get rid of the comma. The comma will add things and drag it out, drag it out. Sometimes you do need a friend to be like, all right, snap out of it, stop, let's go. But it's not bad. It just says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So sometimes people need a good cry but we have to be the friend that puts the period on the end of it puts a period on the end of it all right true friends listen intently to what you have to say james 119 know this my beloved brother let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger slow to speak slow to anger and quick to hear sometimes you know, and, and, and the Lord knew this when, <laughs> when, when this was said in the Word of God is sometimes we need a moment to process some things, you know. And so that's why, you know, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and there's things we might be uncomfortable with, but we know it's the right thing, or sometimes we're getting a correction and we're like ready to back mouth and, you know, and, and be rude and, and answer quickly back, then we have to like, wait a second. Let me take time on this. Let me be slow to speak because I need to process this. I need it to sit in me. I need, you know, lots of times the Lord asks us to do great things and big step of faith things. And we're so quick to answer back, but we didn't let it work on us. We didn't let it get the answer. And so a true friend listens intently to what we have to say. We have to uh, be slow to our response. Uh, hear them out and, um, you know, speak with kindness. True, fin true friends send up prayers on your behalf. All right, James 5.16. Um, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. James 5.16. And so we should be praying for our friends. We should be thinking of them often. We should um, ask them, hey, is there something I can pray for? Can I stand in agreement with you? Can I say, listen, is there, is there something you're battling? Is there something you're believing for? Is there something that you're calling in? Because I want to join my faith with yours. I want to know 
what I can do. Because it says, right, persistent prayer availeth much. Okay, we're, we're called to pray. We're supposed to pray. It's our, our, our communication line with our Heavenly Father. And so we should ask our friends, hey, what is it that I can stand with you today and see change and make happen? Are you calling your children back to the Lord? Are you believing for a healing in your body? Are you believing to see a financial breakthrough? Because I want to wrap my faith with yours and I want to call to the Lord on your behalf and be like, listen, I want to see them prosperous. I want to see their their desires fulfilled. I want to be that friend that's pushing my other friend um, across the finish line. That's how we are to be. And then um, true friends lovingly point you back to Jesus. Lovingly point you back. And you know what? You can lovingly point people back by calling out some things that they're doing that might not be right. The whole like, only God can judge me now thing is like, well, if you read Matthew 18, it talks about in there correcting another believer. Okay, so a heathen, that's just their lifestyle. That's just what they do. But if you see another believer, another friend, that's calling themselves a Christian, and they're constantly out sleeping around, drinking, you know, it's a sin to, to not live by faith, constantly, you know, living in doubt and depression and anxiety. If you see someone like that, it's okay to call them out and you can do it lovingly. And that's where everybody's so um, concerned with uh, talking to other people because this whole like way society uh, tells us about love. You know, you're not a loving person if you uh, aren't accepting to someone else's lifestyle. But, but really I am a loving person. I'm a loving person because I'm telling them, I'm telling them that you will perish. I'm telling them you will go to hell if you continue down living a sinful lifestyle, if you continue to live a perverted life, if you continue to live this way. You, you are going to find destruction in your life. You are going to reap the consequences of sin. Okay, and so that is love. That is love. You, you would make sure somebody isn't going to get hit by a Mack truck by telling them because you love them. You care for that person's life. I mean, heck, we'll even tell a stranger if we saw, you know, somebody getting beat on or if you, you know, you want to save the person or you're seeing somebody getting destroyed in life because our natural instinct is to care for somebody else, another human being, and to save them from destruction, we will speak up. And so this society, this culture has no idea what the meaning of love is. It's so warped and it's so, uh, it, it, it so boggles my mind that, uh, you know, when we're trying to tell somebody, uh, and these are other believers, you know what I'm saying? If you're a heathen, you're not going to know anything. That, I mean, that's just your lifestyle. You don't. You, you need to get them saved first. Then you teach them. But I mean, we're talking about other believers, okay? True friends lovingly point you back to Jesus when you're falling away from the Word of God. And so, you know, like I said, Matthew 18. I think it's verses around 15 through 20. 
it talks about correcting another believer. You got to hold each other accountable. Hold each other accountable. The other person might not like it, but you know what? We'll all get over it. <laughs> we'll all get over it. So it's okay. You got to have thick skin. We'll all get over it. Hebrews 3:13 through 14. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all things that belongs to Christ. So a true friend, a true friend's going to speak up. A true friend's going to help uh, stay on track with the Word of God. So it's important. It's important that you think about today what we have in our circle. Who, 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 who are we surrounding ourselves with? Who is supporting us? Who's praying for us? Who's speaking into our lives? Because that's going to make a difference. That's going to make a difference for us. Okay? Who you have in your circle is going to make a difference where you go in life. You know, if I had constant people pulling me away from going to church, telling me that tithing and offering is not of today and not my thing and, you know, healing's not for today and, oh, well, you know, Jesus does heal, but first he makes you go through stuff to understand his love and understand who he is as a father. And I, I'm just going to say my father never uh, beat on me and made me go through bad things. My, my earthly father never did that to me for me to turn around and need him and love him. No, my earthly father was a good father, still is a good father. He's never leaving me, ever. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, our heavenly father, just much greater he is as a father. And so who we have in our circle matters. It's going to continue to push us on the purpose and the path that God has for us. It's going to increase our faith. Like I said at the beginning, iron sharpens iron. We can get stronger together. Unity, there's strength in unity, strength in numbers. You know, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So there's something to it. God made multiple humans. And it's not just to get married, but it's also to establish relationships and to establish a firm foundation. So it's important. Think today. And you know what? If you're saying, you know what? My circle of friends, I'm lacking in this department. I could use a few more people that are stronger in faith than me. You know, I, I surround myself. I get involved. I speak to people that have been to greater things before me, that have even greater faith because I want to get there. I want to continue to walk in the impossibility. I want to continue to see, you know, what God has for me. I want to continue to grow because we're always going to be at different levels. If it says iron sharpens iron, you should just, it should be like, I look at it as like a bunch of irons together. So it's like, I might not be here, I might be here, but then there's people ahead of me that are here. And so we're constantly sharpening and constantly increasing in our life. So maybe we need to bring in certain people into our circle that aren't there. And so that's something we just need to think about this week and ask the Lord, hey, Lord, show me who, who 
can be a good friend. Show me who I need in my life. Lord, maybe I lack in this department of knowing and understanding your word. Can you show me someone who can step into my life that can be an encouragement, that can help me, that can help build my faith? Because he has that person out there for you. And so it matters. It matters who we have in our circle. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person listening and watching today, listening on the replay, watching on the replay. Thank you, Lord, that you've all called us. You've all, I mean, throughout the whole entire word, it talks about friendships, talks about godly friendships, wise friendships, and, and, and it gives examples of crazy radical friends. Lord, bring into our life the crazy radical friends that are going to make us stronger in your word. They're going to help us pull us towards you, Father God, to fulfill our, our purpose in life, to continue to uh, walk out our faith, to encourage us to, so we feel loved, so we feel uplifted. Lord, help us be better friends. Help us to walk in patience and kindness and love. Help us to continue to be generous, Lord, to step out to have a discernment when our friends need something, when they need prayer, when they need love, when they just need a, a kind word. Help us, Lord, to be the best that you've called us to be in that area of life, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, Eva, just real quick before um, I finish today, Edible Arrangements called me. They delivered your fruit, but you weren't home, and they put the sticker on your door. And this delivery guy called me four times, and every time he called, I said, hi, same number, same person. Um, she's not home. Leave a note. Well, I did that. I'm just calling to see. Okay, well, this is not her number. So please, when you get home, get the sticker, call, and either have them come back out, or you might have to go get it. But anyway, amen, amen. I wanted to get you before uh, you left off the broadcast, but that's it. Let's see what we can do for our friends today. Let's see who's in our circle. Let's sharpen ourselves. Let's go deeper into the Word of God, stronger into the Word of God. I mean, my faith is being so stretched this year and so increased, so increased. I mean, I really have never, I've always felt like there's nothing that's impossible, but it's almost just at like such a greater level this year that um, that's just what I'm encouraging everyone who's around me with, that we're going to have what God said we can have. We're going to hold it in our hand. And, you know, I'm going to bring alongside of me that believe and speak the exact same way. I love you, Rose. Elizabeth, it's good to see you. Um, thank you all for sticking on and joining with me. I'll see you guys on Friday. Make sure you're here in the morning for the 1030 broadcast. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Um, I love you guys and I'll talk to you later.